When you're told that your systems are secure, when you're told that you're protecting your customers' information, the critical question is, how do you know? I'm Holly Mackay. And I'm Ishita Capra-Davis. Welcome to our extra show where we talk about today's insights for tomorrow's challenges. Yes, whether you're an aspiring startup, a savvy small business, or indeed an established enterprise, we're going to be talking about the big issues out there impacting small businesses today. So Ishita, tell me what's coming up for us today. This week, we're talking about adapting to tech compliance and cybersecurity in an uncertain world finding out what are the key risks that new and small businesses face in the tech world of today. Plus, three key steps to help you navigate digital regulation and risk. To help us unpick this all, we're joined by Catherine Graham, who's Head of Security Services at NatWest. Catherine, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So Catherine, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you come to specialise in security? And what have been some of the highlights in your career? I've spent most of my career working in financial services. And historically, I was a project or program manager. I built a reputation for myself as being able to manage the really complex change that other people really struggled to grapple with. But several years ago, I realized that actually, regardless of the industry that you work within, it's really important to understand what's happening from a technology perspective. So I made the brave leap into our security function and for the last several years have been having a lot of fun, helping to make the bank more secure, helping to support our customers and ensuring that we're bringing the best technology advancements to bear. So on to our first question for you, Catherine. Identifying risk can you know, take a lot of time, a lot of foresight to understand what sort of issues might impact small businesses. And not all entrepreneurs may have the time or be aware of the risk that will impact them in their technology departments, or they might not even have tech departments. Could you explain some of them to us? So when thinking about risk, it's really important to think quite expansively about all of the things that we need to control for as an organisation. And that starts with human risk. So whenever you're asking people to do something, there is an inherent risk that something will go wrong. We all make mistakes. The systems risk, when we build increasingly complex bits of technology, again, things can go wrong. When you're asking a digital worker, a bot, to do something quite complex as part of an automation program, there's always the risk that something unintended will occur. And thinking really big picture, there are risks out there in the industry in which you operate within or just socio-political risks that we all need to be aware of. We've all just experienced a pandemic. In the UK, we all grappled with what Brexit would mean for us politically. We're now seeing that there are some socio-political tensions in the Ukraine Regardless of the size of your organisation, you need to start with really simplistic operational risk and think all the way through to, well, actually, what are the big things that could happen within that environment within which you're operating that you need to be prepared for and you need to be planning 
to tackle. Mm. I think the key thing is that regardless of whether you are a small or medium-sized enterprise, whether you're in the baking industry, whether you run a car wash or whether you are working in a large um, financial services organization, the critical thing is to be inquisitive about the security of your systems. I remember when I was back at university, I had a very insightful professor who would always ask a key question, how do you know? And I think when we think about security and understanding the risks that we face, it's critical that whether you're asking these questions of yourself or of your team, when you're told that your systems are secure, when you're told that you're protecting your customers' information, the critical question is, how do you know? And so picking up on that, because I think as a small business owner, it's 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 all too easy, isn't it, Ashita, to kind of think about return much mm. more than risk. And I loved your intro, Catherine, when you said you get really excited by risk. I love having people like you around <laughs> me. But it's proportionality, isn't it? And what are some of the risks that you think for most small business owners is a really good place to start thinking about all of this? So I think for many entrepreneurs and small business owners, you know, the focus is around growth and innovation and evolving for the future. From a security perspective, it's really critical that you check that your systems are scalable. So, for example, today you might have a small customer base. They're utilizing maybe some functions on a website that you've provided to them. But what would happen if your customer base were to grow exponentially Mm. overnight? We know it can happen. You know, if you have a particularly successful marketing campaign or there's something else in the industry that means that you start to see more traffic than you've historically expected, are your systems able to cope? So again, it's about preparedness. It's about planning. It's about asking the what ifs for the future. And I think sort of, Catherine, on that as well, sort of those businesses who are thinking about scaling, let's say, globally or kind of moving on to a bigger scale, how do they think about things like cyber attacks? Because, I mean, I read about it. Even even the White House gets hacked, right? Mm. So how is a small business starting to look further afield? Can you protect yourself? So I think the key is if you can afford it, engage somebody to provide a security assessment, Get somebody in to do a bit of a health check around your systems, your applications, and critically, the way that you're using them. If that's not going to be viable for you, then look at the information that's available out there. The National Cyber Security Centre has some great resources for organisations of all sizes. And they talk about some of the risks that exist and some of the really quite practical things that you can do to mitigate those risks. I see people feeling a little outfaced actually around security issues. I think within the industry, we all fall foul of using quite technical Mm. language when we're talking about some of the risks that exist out there. But there are some really good guides that just break that right down and talk in nice, easily accessible language about what it is that could happen and how then you can prepare for the worst. So I think one of the most powerful things that you can do as a small to medium sized enterprise is look into whether you can have someone independently assess the security of your systems. There are some really great providers out there that will happily come and make some really good pragmatic suggestions about powerful things that you can do to increase the security of your organisation. 
And through that process, often we see that people find that security issues are demystified for them. We tend in the industry to talk about things that sound quite complex. So, for example, we talk about distributed denial of service um, incidents. Well, actually, we're being a bit naughty there. It sounds very complicated, but all we're really saying is that there's a risk that nefarious actors can choose to try and bring down some of your services by bombarding your systems with a volume of instructions that they can't cope with to create a traffic jam, if you will, that will get in the way of you serving the customers that you need to. Um, So again, it's just about getting that really simplistic advice that will help you to put in place some simple plans to look at both what you can do to prevent such things from happening to you in the first place, but also how you're going to respond if you do, unfortunately, find yourself subject to attack. And Catherine, tell us, where can small businesses go to find these sorts of resources or to point them in the right direction? So the National Cybersecurity Centre has got a huge amount of very accessible information on a number of security topics. Um, I think it's a really great source of support, actually, for small and medium-sized enterprises. And are there sort of small things we we can all do, Catherine? I mean, I remember once I worked ages ago in Australia for for a great company and the the chief legal officer there was a fabulous lady. And she just said about email, for example, just treat it like a postcard, right? Mm. Don't assume it's confidential. Don't assume that no one can hack into it and read it. So I think even just small things like that, I mean, with your vast experience, what would you say to people are things they could take to their businesses today, tomorrow, and give their staff some tips on just some no-nos or things to watch out for? So whilst it sounds like quite a small thing, actually, I think one of the most impactful things you can do is ensure that all of the colleagues working within your organisation are password savvy. Michael McIntyre has got a great skit about this. He talks about human behaviour and he reflects on the evolution that we've seen in terms of how complex systems are and the expectation that we place upon users, people in um, our organisations around how complex their passwords are. And he makes some very good observations. We probably all started with a password that was our (laughs) football team or our pet's name. And then when we were asked to make that a bit more complicated, we all put an exclamation mark (laughs) at the end of it. Well, critically, passwords of that nature are really easy to hack. Um, Passwords are one of those scenarios where what you want to do is ask your team members to think about length of password rather than trying to come up with this kind of complex codex that they need to remember ask them to string together several seemingly random words like banana tree house because actually when you start adding length into your passwords you're increasing the security if you can then use a number of special characters, so numbers or um, other characters, then you're again enhancing the security of that password. But critically, it's about teaching your team members to change their behaviours around the way that they keep your system secure by using a nice, strong password. That is a great tip. And I think all of us need to go back and change our passwords. <laughs> <laughs> Not from tree banana house. How did you know that was mine, Catherine? <laughs> And Catherine, um, especially for small businesses out there that don't have security specific teams, 
what are the key obligations that you know all businesses have uh, when it comes to security? Great question. I think regardless of the size of your organisation, it's critical that you recognise that you've got a responsibility to keep the data and information that your customers have shared with you safe and secure. Regardless of where you sit geographically within the UK and the size of your organisation, you have to be um, cognizant of GDPR requirements. Um, do a little research about that. The Information Commissioner's Office has got some great guidance that just helps to articulate what you need to do and how you can comply with some of those regulations. Um, but I think it's worth referencing that it's a key um, part of the relationship you have with your customers. They trust you to keep their information secure. So you need to devote a little time to thinking about how you're going to do that and how you're going to respect, fully use the data and information that they've chosen to share with you. Thank you so much, Catherine, for all your insights on this very pertinent topic. I think both, both Holly and I have really learned a lot. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So now we move on to three key actions we can all take as small business owners around digital risk and compliance. So Sheeta, the first tip is to identify your vulnerabilities before they actually go wrong, before things bite you. Yeah, um, I mean, most startups and small businesses, they don't have the time or the resources to really even tackle the problems when they come. So it's better to be prepared. Um, and you can do that by looking at the areas where your business could be vulnerable and, you know, how you can solve and reduce these risks um, before they start to impact you in a bad way. Because that's when everything goes wrong and you don't have time or you don't have the money even, you know, to solve these problems. And um, also start small because, you know, we're always sort of overwhelmed about where to begin. Um, so, you know, like what Catherine said about ensuring that your passwords are secure um, no pet names in there. <laughs> and um, also things like, you know, having the right antivirus software, um, ensuring that, you know, you are, you know, you're secure from malicious attacks. Those would be the ways to start small as well. And Ashita, you operate, your business operates in a very digital environment. Are there any key issues that, that you've had to tackle? Yeah, I mean, um, the entire business is a digital marketplace. So for us, I think the biggest thing is data and privacy. Um, and I think that's something that's like a hot topic when we think about things like GDPR. And that will probably actually require, I would say, significant investment for a small startup like mine. Um, but we start small. So things like protecting ourselves from malicious attacks and the passwords, as we said. And our second step, be vigilant about your business. I think, and this is going to make people groan and roll their eyes, but I think we all need to do that dreaded risk log. And mm. it doesn't have to be an onerous exercise. I think you just write down all the things that could go wrong. Then you sort of give them a score. How material would mm. it be if it went wrong? And how likely is it to go wrong? And that gives you a sort of sense of prioritisation, right, where to start. I also think for smaller businesses, there are three key things to be really aware of. One is just email security. You know, mm. that can lead to phishing attacks. It can lead to, to financial crime. So just get those passwords sorted out and be mm. really sort of careful about email and how you treat spreadsheets, for example, of information. The second is the dreaded GDPR and how mm. we manage client data. And for me, that is an increasingly alarming area and where one where I think it actually is worth getting in an extension. Yeah. 
external yeah, expert totally. to sense check what you're doing. The third thing I think is really important is cookies as well. And that doesn't have to be overly complex. You can get software in that sort of helps tackle that issue. So for me, it's email security, GDPR and data and cookies. Finally, for our last step, talk to the experts. I think so, Sheeta. I think, I mean, it depends, doesn't it, how big your business is, how much customer data you handle. So it's a question of proportionality. But for us, I think, for example, we're at a stage now where these risks just became too big and you can Mm. actually get an external help. It doesn't have to be overly expensive. You can Mm. get someone in to come and do a data review from a GDPR perspective of your business. That will probably cost anywhere from about five to £10,000 as a one-off fee. Mm. You can also outsource the data protection officer because I think when you get to a certain point, it's not really fair to ask people who work for you to take that on can Mm. they really do it well do they really know kind of what's going on out there so I think for a cost of two to three thousand pounds for example you can outsource that on an ongoing basis I think the other area to look at is becoming cyber secure and again that's something where I think it's just so key and material right if you get that wrong or there's a phishing attack or there's some fraud uh, payments get taken out of your account Mm. You know, the actual cost of it going wrong, I think, warrants you getting in some external help. I completely agree. I mean, uh, with my startup at Byrotation, every year we actually get a security expert in to do an annual review. And again, that costs about two to three thousand pounds. Gosh, that's such money well spent, right? Yeah, exactly. Because then, well, even when you speak to your investors, it's important to tell them that you have full confidence and trust that your product is running and it is completely secure. So I think that is actually an investment in your growth. It's not just, you know, one of those things which you have to do because you need to be secure and you need to tick the boxes. I think it's, and especially for your sort of business that is very sort of digital. Again, it's going to be different for sort of different types of businesses. But my sense is 100% with you. Once you get to a certain size, it isn't just the tick box exercise. It is fundamental. I think another key thing, Ashita, is this shouldn't just fall on the founder or the CEO's shoulders. So it's really important, especially if you're getting external experts in, you know, make sure there are training sessions for your team. Mm. Make sure you sort of share the common responsibility of this with your team and get everyone in the business to understand A, why they're doing it and B, what their role in it should be. And so that's the end of our episode. Thank you to Catherine for all her insight. Yes, we're here to help equip you for your business journey. Really hope you found today's episode useful. And if you're looking for more information on this topic, you'll find even more invaluable resources on the NetWest website. Until next time. Until next time.